Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Um, and we're going to start with what you were expecting because a couple weeks ago and last week, Steve, you pretty much predicted that if the jury followed their instructions that they would acquit Kyle Rittenhouse and that's exactly what came to pass. And um, it's one of those things where you're defending the law and the process. And by the way, in this one, we're, we're 100% on the same page, I think, because based on the charge of murder, you cannot just say, well, I don't like this kid or his cause, and he killed people, therefore he's guilty of murder. There was a lot of evidence that came out that guns were pointed at him when he was shooting. He was attacked by a guy with a skateboard. Um, again, this doesn't mean I like Kyle Rittenhouse or I sympathize. I, I don't know. It's, it's so weird because he was 17 at the time. Um, but uh, anyway, you called it, man, so go you. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I did call it, and I want to point out, like, look, I, I'm not... This isn't, to me, this, this isn't a, a joyous occasion. It's, right. it's not a win, per se. It's not, you know, like Rittenhouse isn't a hero. Um, my concern, there, I had a couple concerns here. Um, you know, uh, being a Second Amendment guy, um, you, know, it, it, you know, the concern is, like, look, the laws are what they are, right? If, if you say you don't like the law, okay, fine. Um, but you can't say, well, that's the law, but I don't like it, and this kid should go to jail because I don't like him and why he was there and his cause and everything else, right? right? That's just, we can't do it that way because we've seen what happens when we do it that way. And, um, you know, like, it, it can't just be arbitrary and subjective. Right. right. And so, you know, so the, my concern was making sure that we, you know, protect people's rights, our constitutional rights that we have, whether you like the Second Amendment or how it's phrased or worded or no, it doesn't matter. It's it's in the Constitution, right? And so there are people who, and what you saw was a lot of sort of moving the goalpost on this, right? Where they, t it was just like, all right, well, you know, all that may be true, but Kyle Rittenhouse, he's he 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 was the one who who started all this, right? He right. was the he was the antagonist. He was he was the one who he went who, there looking for a fight, right? He went there looking for a fight, and then you know he got into he got into it going back and forth with with the protesters. And, and so it was his fault, right? And, and, you know, the counter to that, which what the jury thought or agreed with was, like, look, first of all, like, there was a, there was a, uh, um, there was a curfew, right? Okay. Uh, there was a curfew mandated by the city or maybe uh, by the state or, or whomever. And so everybody was supposed to clear the streets at a certain time, 6, 7 o'clock. And this occurred after that. So if your argument is Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't have been there, well, my argument is, well, the protesters shouldn't have been there, right? None That's of them true. should have been there, so that cancels out. And, well, Kyle Rittenhouse came from out of state. Well, okay, where that is, in, like where he's from, where, where he lives with his mom in relation to Kenosha is 20 minutes away. Right, like I mean, like so that's like literally going from here to Avon, right? But also, it's, his dad lives in Kenosha. His right? dad lives in Kenosha. He spends time with his dad in Kenosha. You know, he was he was a lifeguard in Kenosha, right? Like so, the idea that he had no interest, like he just went to a random city because he right. wanted to, you know, fight for the cause, like so that sort of uh, you know misdirection by the media and by a lot of talking heads, I think is 
again, part of that, I don't want to say unfair, but the, just it's not accurate, right? right? When they say he just went there for no reason. Um, you know, it's just, and so he goes there. It's not that far. Again, it's a 20 minute drive. And then my other, my counter to that is where were all the protesters from? Were they all from Kenosha? Right? And because, and, and the answer is no. Right, and some of the people involved, directly involved in this, they were from as far as forty-five minutes away, right, or from St. Louis, or from a you know a completely different part of Illinois, where they had to travel even further than Kyle Rittenhouse had to travel. So, I'm not sure how that doesn't come, like how no one has brought that up. Right? So, th- I think there's been a tremendous lack of responsibility on the mostly left-wing media side here, letting that continue to go out there. That oh, he. He's Rambo, and he, Bill, Bill Maher was saying right. he watched too many Avengers movies. It's like, no, he was actually, I think, with his dad. Well, I don't, I, I don't know about, I, I'm not sure where his dad was in all of this, but what I, but what I want to say, going back to the protesters, is, you know, they also came from places that weren't Kenosha to, to be involved in this. They also went there with a, a, with a purpose, right? You may not like Kyle Rittenhouse's purpose, but in his mind, it was just, right? And there are people who agree with him that the reason why he went there was just to go and protect businesses. And we had seen, you know, throughout the summer where protests would get out of hand and, you know, buildings would be damaged, uh, you know, broken windows, fires, things like that. Now, we also saw that some of the people doing that weren't the weren't the protesters and they were, you know, uh, uh, bad actors and sure. chaos, you know, chaos causers. Who were just looking to cause trouble, you know. So, but nonetheless, that had happened. So, he, if he's going there to protect a business in a place where he does actually have an interest, you can't look at that and just say it's bad just because, right? You know, like it, it, it seems to go against what you're protesting, right? Sure. And and so and, and and I'm not even sure why those things have to ha- have to go against each other, right? Like. If you're if you were watching in 2020, whether you were rooting, whether you were with the protesters or or, or not, you saw that buildings got damaged. You saw sure. that glass, got, you know, window got windows got broken and places got bro- broken into, and and there was some, you know, looting going on. Things like you saw it, right? You can't say that you didn't. And and whether how Fox News portrayed it doesn't matter. The fact is is that it did happen, right? Like so, people want to go in and say, all right, because my question would be. Because we saw this, we saw this as well, like in the black community, right? Like, and there were black neighborhoods where black businesses were were you know being damaged and 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 looted. So there were members from the black community, black men, who would go to some of these shops. Some of them were armed and stand and stand guard to make sure nothing happened, right? Those men weren't against the cause of the protesters, but they were there to protect those businesses because they didn't want to see what happened in other cities or even in, in other parts of their own city happened to this particular business, whether it was a bar, like the one that I'm thinking of was a barber shop. Um, so with, with Rittenhouse, that's essentially what he's doing. Now you're saying, oh, well, he, you know, he's white and he has guns and, you know, he said things that were pro-Trump or whatever. So that automatically says he's probably against what's being protested. Um, in Kenosha, but nonetheless, that you can't say that that's not a justifiable reason to be there. Right, and the so I want to touch on the gun charges, because people are saying, why isn't he charged with a gun charge? And there's two reasons for that. I believe it was you who told me he did not transport the gun over state lines. Yes, He transferred true. it himself over state lines and then was given a gun. Right, the gun was purchased, I believe, by his mom, and then she gave it to a friend um, at 
pre prior to all of this happening. And that friend was in Kenosha. So then Rittenhouse came up, picked up his gun, and then went to go, you know, stand guard at the uh, uh, auto, auto body auto, shop. Yep. yep. It was a dealer. Uh, or, uh, you know. There's a dealership. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but I just, so just thinking about that, you know, going to in, into the mindset of why Kyle Rittenhouse was there and why the protesters were there, you know, which one is okay and which one isn't. You know, the other issue that I have is that people are calling Kyle Rittenhouse a vigilante, and I'm sorry, I, I consider the protesters vigilantes as well, right? Because if you think about the process, if you think about what their argument is, their argument is, well, we saw him, we thought he was an active shooter, so we decided that we needed to okay. do something so about it. So not the protesters in general. At first, I was about to go, I disagree, but how they acted. Right. Gotcha. That's the, those, you know, those the, individuals. The specific individuals who were involved with the shooting, right, their mindset was, well, he's doing something wrong, so we're going to take it among, right. take it on, 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 on our hands, right. right, to go do something about it, right. Well, there were police all over the place, right. So why don't you go to the police, right? Like, right. I mean, like that. That's that's the, if you think that you've got an active shooter, you know, and and it's just you and a, and, and a band of 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 you know, uh, it's like protesters, protesters. <laughs> Let me bail you out of this one. Yeah, I was about to say something not nice. But, I mean, it's you and this group of people, right? And you, you had one guy that one guy that had a gun, but, like, why not go get the police and say, hey, there's a guy over there with a gun? You know, and we think that he's an active shooter and let them deal with it. Instead, they took it upon themselves, right, to go after him and to attack him, right? And just like, oh, well, I mean, like, they didn't attack. Like, listen, there's a clear video of, of you know, the first guy that, that shot chasing Kyle Rittenhouse into a corner. Right to where Kyle Rittenhouse like turns around, the guy's right on him. So Kyle Rittenhouse shoots him, you know, a few times, and then you know gets out of there. And so once once that guy gives chase to Rittenhouse, then I'm sorry, like that that's that that's where this whole thing turns, right? Because he like Rittenhouse runs, right? Just because someone runs away from you doesn't mean that you have to chase them, right? Don't we say that about police all the time? Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it came out with Freddie Gray, right? Like Freddie right. Gray was walking down the street. He looks, he sees the police, he's like, oh, shit, I want to deal with them. So he turns and runs. The police give chase. And the argument was like, well, why did you have to chase him? Right. Right? Like, I mean, you just see a person, a random person running and you chase him. So my same thing to the protester, you know, like the guy runs away. Why are you chasing him? Right? He's got a gun. You don't. What is your thought process there? Like, you're trying to play hero. You're trying to be the vigilante that everyone is calling Kyle Rittenhouse out to be. You know, I mean, and, and, and the idea that, well, he was out there with the gun. Well, I'm sorry, it was an open, it's an open carry state, right? Like, so people can be out with guns. That's not an automatic trigger that someone is doing something wrong. Another aspect of the gun charge was apparently based, it was, was dropped uh, right before uh, the trial. And it was because the uh, Wisconsin because law, law was so written, was written so badly, it said, a deadly weapon. And it's like, well, what is a deadly weapon? And that was a went up, up another, and finally the judge said this law is not good enough to be yeah. held to uh, the standard. So it's, sorry, yeah, I'm dropping the charge. Yeah, and the, there's a bunch of things about people on the left, both the media and friends of mine, that I really want to call out. The left media, I think, needs to really be dragged for spreading the misinformation that made it sound like this kid drove three hours, and you know, I got a chance to go shoot some you know Black Lives Matter protesters, and he did it, and you know, that was his motive. That was very badly misrepresented, and the danger in that is all of my friends now are like this, 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 you know, repeating the same misinformation and basically treating it like this is another um, George Floyd. I'm like, no. Well, I mean, and it's funny, like the you know, I heard there was a pastor, 
from the Kenosha area, a black pastor on TV, and he says, you know, this shouldn't have never turned into a race issue. It's like, well, you guys turned it into a race issue, right? Like, and, and you, you went to some work to do it because Kyle Rittenhouse is white. Yeah. The, all three people that he shot are white. Right. So, like, I, I'm not sure how it's a race issue because the white people that were there were there, the protesters, they were there protesting a black cause. So... I'm like, sure that's their argument. You know what I mean? Like that, that you know what I mean? Like th- so that's well, why it's a race issue. Like it's just like you you turned it into a race issue because you wanted it to be because you projected what you believe Kyle Ritten's, Rittenhouse's beliefs to be. And I think his social media posts kind of back up some of the so, some of the stuff people were saying about him. Not all of it, but but some of it. Um, not to mention there's videos of him, you know, like fighting some girl um, there, there's another video that may or may not be him saying how he did want to shoot someone, but it was, you know, like a right. year or so before the whole thing, um, happened, uh, in Kenosha, you know, so, you know, there was just th- this whole idea that this was th- from the get go, a race thing, right. And that Kyle Rittenhouse is racist and that's why he shot the three white people. Like, it's just like, it, I don't know how people are saying that with a straight face. Right, right. You know what I mean, and 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 I get frustrated because the standard shouldn't be, we need like if a white person does something we don't like, we want them to get you know this ridiculous crime. You know what I mean, like right. we want this. To, That's to, not how like, even the you don't even right. the justice system by right because badly right like I mean laws. like like do we re, like my rebuttal back is like look, what you're saying is you want vengeance. You want them to be treated like you were treated, which was like shit, right for decades. Right, that doesn't necessarily do what you wanted to do because ultimately you still end up being treated like shit. Right. Right. Like so what we should want, right, is fair execution of the law, right? Across the board. Right? Like so if Kyle Rittenhouse gets a fair trial that's damn near beyond fair or more favorable to him, then the goal shouldn't be fuck him, he shouldn't get that. It should be if a black guy is in the same situation, he should get the same treatment that right. Kyle Rittenhouse right. is getting from from a from a legal standpoint. Right. Right. Here's the thing. Kyle Rittenhouse's political views don't matter. This is an investigation into the deaths and whether or not they were murder. And they, it was- they would matter if, if Kyle Rittenhouse had social media posts saying specifically that he hated Black Lives Matter, Antifa, black people, anybody on the progressive left and Democrats. And if he, you know, As if, if he sees a blue sash, he'll kill the man wearing it. Um, Red, but. I know, but Democrats <laughs> yeah, well, are blue. Oh, okay. Well done. Yeah. I'm sorry I missed yeah. the joke. Yeah, smarty pants. Yo, no, good job. I like um, it. I like it. But, you know, if he says, if he had something like very specific like that, then his political views matter because you bring that into, like, if he if he says that the day before he, you know, drives to Kenosha, right, right and then this whole incident happens, well, now his political views come into play. Because they document intent. Right. Okay. Now, if, it, now, you know, like, and where people are, tr- what they're trying to do is say, well, he posted stuff that he liked guns, and there are certain things about you know Trump's policies that he agreed with. So therefore, he hated Black Lives Matter, he hated Antifa, and he went there to kill them. Right? Like they're trying to—that's the leap that they're trying to make. Um, and that—that's—that's that's also the problem, right? Like I mean, like you wouldn't—if you flip it around—and that's the point that I'm trying to make to people, right? If you took this—if you flip this around, and let's say Kyle Rittenhouse was black. Right? Would you be rooting for all the things that you're rooting to go against Kyle Rittenhouse? Would you be doing that if if he were black? 
right? And you felt that he was justified, right? And if your answer is no, right, then you, you can't, you, you cannot have that back and right. forth, that shift, that, that, right, based on how that, you that's, feel. That's racism in definition, right? that, isn't that it? Is, that is, re- and that's the part that people, that's where, you know, people are getting pissed at me because they're like, you should be mad about this and, and this goes again. Like, no, no, no. Like, you, you don't get it. Right. Right. Like, what you got, you guys didn't want justice here. You, you wanted, wanted vengeance. Yep. You, you wanted vengeance. You wanted revenge. You wanted it for not only the people that Rittenhouse killed, you wanted it for, for Jacob Blake, who had just been shot. You wanted it for Breonna Taylor. This wasn't about what Kyle Rittenhouse did. You, you wanted vengeance. You were angry, rightfully so, about the anger, but your response to that is to want to take it all out on this kid when, yeah, he may not be our favorite person. He, he, he doesn't look like he's on a great path based off of who he affiliates with and what, what he supports. You know, this kid's going to be all over Fox news and, you know, get sucked into that whole thing. And he's probably going to be, you know, once the campaign rolls around, which is disgusting, you know, you know, Trump's going to, you know, like Trump's going to run and Trump's going to pull him out on stage and all that sort of stuff. You know that that's coming. So Rittenhouse is who he is. But at the end of the day, like you, you, again, you want, you want the justice system to work the right way. Right. And you want it to be fair and just for everybody in every situation. Right, I would, I, and here's what I would rather have. And people think I'm crazy when I say this, but I would rather have a bad guy get away with a crime. Right, I'd rather have ten bad guys get away with the crime and get off on a technicality than send a single innocent person to prison. Which is how the founding fathers believed. I mean, right. that was the whole point of jury of your peers. Innocent until proven guilty by you know right. beyond because, reasonable and, doubt. And, and my reason, because, right? And my reasoning is just that. Listen, like I worked in criminal law a long time, right? And and there were some some I got some dicks off, right? Oh God, damn, damn it, freezing. Flash. I got <laughs> I got some bad. I I, I was able to that will not win <laughs> cases of guys that were that were you know uh, less than savory characters. Um. And ultimately, they they were they were they were bad guys. They did right. bad shit, and ultimately, they ended up getting themselves back in trouble in a situation where someone couldn't get them out. Right? right. Um, you know, and and so I would rather, I would, like I said, I would rather have bad guys, you know, get away with something, than send innocent people to prison because you can't you can't fix that. Right. You you, you right. can't undo it. I don't care how much money you you've taken away a person's time, and we're humans. We age, and and. It's just, it's awful. And we're going to talk about two people this, that are, you yeah, know, this is, but... This is, this is the OJ argument. Like, there was clear evidence of police misconduct. Therefore, there's reasonable doubt. Therefore, you should not convict him. Mm-hmm. Done. And I have, for, for decades now, I've had people get mad at me about that, saying, Oh, you think he's innocent? Not at all what I said. <laughs> right. I want the law. I, when, and this is not a, a case where the police cheated. This is a case where the evidence suggests that he did not meet the elements for murder. But, you know, in, when the police cheat, I want it to... Favor the citizen, right? Not Absolutely, the system. you don't, right? I mean, it's just like when if you if you allow a if you allow the cheating if you allow cheating in the system, right, to win right. repeatedly, right? Like that that leads to all these authoritarian and and, and all these things that people that everyone is saying that they don't want, but yet people like every, everyone saying that they don't want that are are championing things that cause it. 
right? Sure. On both sides of this argument. And then people get really upset about the whole both sides. It's like, listen, because both sides of this thing are really two sides of the same coin in terms of the damage that they're doing, right? They're just doing it in different ways. Agreed. Agreed. I, we could probably do this for the whole show, but, but we got uh, the Gosar situation to get through real quick because Gosar was censured and it then became the House of Representatives um, drama fest. I mean, people went strong at Go- Gosar. And I, by the way, I think I have to correct myself. I think last week I said it was from Wyoming. He's from Arizona. So if I got that wrong, I'm correcting it now. But uh, getting censured is the least that should have happened to this guy. I mean, we, we, we've used the argument. Other people use the argument. If you put a thing of a, co- a video of you killing a coworker out in the... On, the, that, on, yeah, the, yeah. on and, Twitter. And double down on it and triple down on it. <laughs> right. You lose your job. And yes. you should. He should lose his job. He did not. He just got kicked off committees and censured. Um, and now there's threats from the GOP saying, when we get back in charge, we're going to do this to you. To which I say, good. When a dem- when AOC makes a video of her putting out a Jason mask and taking a machete to Donald Trump, yeah, censure her. Kick her out. Right. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> but right. I mean, it's just, and, and what you mean by that is, Chances are AOC isn't going to put out a video of her murdering someone. Right. You know, I mean, like, so we probably won't get there, but like that, that should be, you know, Mike Tomlin has a saying, the standard is the standard, and that should kind of apply in Congress, in the Senate, right? Like there should be a standard and we should stick to it. And so if you want it for one, you should want it. You should be happy for it to happen to the other. Right. Like, right. So yes. yeah, if that's what if that's what you want to do, sure, go ahead. If somebody does something that ridiculous right. and stupid, then go ahead, hang them out to dry. I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that's what they meant. I think they no, meant you we're know going to exactly. go after yeah. every little thing we can. We're gonna that's exactly we're, we're gonna punish you if you hold us accountable. Well, accountability. If you're a member of the, of Congress and you think you should be avoid above accountability, you shouldn't be in Congress. I well, mean, I mean, look, I mean, we we <laughs> and I'm and I know that means most people shouldn't. Right. Be in I mean, most then then we wouldn't we, we would have twelve people in Congress. That know? might be a good thing. <sighs> you may not be wrong. Um, so we got ghosts are censured. Yay. Um, the question is, what does that mean, right? So because like so he's off all the committees, right, and all that stuff, but he can still vote on things, um, and you can't stop him from talking. Right, like so, he's still right. going to do media. He's still going to cry the victim, you know. He's going to vote against everything that a Democrat, you know, proposes. So, you know, what has this really done? Like, you know, t- taking him off committees does have some cachet, but he's still going. Like, listen, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she, she got booted off all the off sure. all her committees, right? And she's, you know, she's still doing the same shit, you know, raising money, you know, voting against everything that the Democrats put out there, um, and still. In the media, right? I say, I think it, there is a, a reverse uh, effect, and that is when he's not on these committees and not doing his job, finger quotes, all he's got to do is vote and do media stuff and fundraise. Right. So the the bad thing, well, I mean, you're right, though. Getting him off committees because they, you, not as retaliation, simply because if your judgment is that fucking bad, you shouldn't be, you on, these shouldn't be on these committees. Right. I mean, in fact, you shouldn't and, be really, you shouldn't be in Congress, but you definitely shouldn't be on these committees, which are, you know, driving some of, you know, how legislation is put together right. and, and, you know, like what gets passed and what doesn't. Um, so, yes, Paul Gosar would like to see him all the way out, but, I mean, this is at least, you know, it, it, you know what? It, it puts it on the record books. Right, True. It, it makes a it makes a record of, of what he did and what his thought process was, 
Um, it's something that, you know, it's that asterisk. You know, they wanted to put an asterisk next to Barry Bonds. This is the asterisk next to Paul Gosar. Um, that, you know, when you look back on his legacy, that you, you sure. you're you not going to be able to, to, to avoid. Although there's people out there who will take it as a badge of honor. Well, yeah. Including him. True, He's like, but, I mean, you, if I have to be like Alexander Hamilton, like, the hope is the, that we evolve. Did you, did you see that? Yes. Oh, my God. You compared yourself to Alexander Hamilton. Right. Um, but the hope is that we evolve yeah. as a society, and then they look back and say, what the yeah. fuck was going yeah. on in the 2020s? And in some ways, as a country, we do, and a world, we do. In some ways, we do not. Right. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Good point. All right, uh, a couple of cases that I got some um, attention, but the one I really want to talk about is um, Julius Jones. Julius Jones was convicted of murder. He's been in prison since I think he was 19 years old. Yep. Um, and he was due to be executed this week, and they, they he got clemency, so the, the death penalty is off the table. And the thing is, as I'm reading these stories, he's only 41 years old today. So what's what struck me about that, he and I are the same age. I was going to go there. And he went to prison, like, when I was scoring touchdowns, you know. Yeah, you wanted to go to college, yeah. Um, which, Ursula won last night, 65 to 35. Uh, final four, here we come. Um, but, Congrats. Yeah, it actually is you, 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 you and Ed O'Neill should go and go to the game together. Who, who are you going to the game with from your high school? That I don't give a fuck about my high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you bitter turd. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he and I are the same age, and it's just it's it, you know thinking about the dichotomy, right? Uh, you know, looking at sure. the path. Not that not that we knew each other right. on the same path, but I'm just saying, like you know, two young black men, um, you know, at the same point in time in their lives are just going completely two different directions. And his and the, the worst part about Julius Jones is that they commute the sentence, but he gets life in prison without the opportunity for parole. And mind you, the parole board suggested, like, not only do you commute the sentence, but you throw the whole thing out. Like, there's, we have, it looks like there's enough evidence to say he didn't get a fair trial. And so for, for the governor to come in and say, mm, yeah, I'm not going to kill him, but you're still going to stay in prison and you're going to stay in there without the possibility of parole for a crime that, the, that basically everyone is saying, like, look, okay, he definitely didn't, I, at minimum, he didn't get a fair trial. All right, I listen to a lot of wrongful conviction podcasts mm -hmm. and in wrongful convictions there's a real consistent pattern and it is police rush to, rush to judgment oftentimes knowing either at that time or more often down the road they get more evidence but they've already charged this guy he's already in the system fuck him right and, and i mean there's so many cases like that and this case stinks of that like you said yeah. probably didn't get a fair trial I think there's a very, very real possibility based on what I read on the case. And yes, I'm getting it through CNN and whatever. But um, based on what I read, it sounds very likely that he was wrongfully convicted. Right. You know, I mean, and, and like I said, I not doing sorry, a deep... I should have said accident, actually innocent because wrongfully convicted right. is one thing. Actually innocent. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the, the specific details about it. Like, I just brushed over him. So I, I don't know if I can make a strong opinion on whether he's guilty or innocent. But like if you, if you've got if you, you know if you've got a state board, you know right. saying at minimum he didn't get a fair trial. You definitely can't kill him, and we should probably get him out of prison if we want to retry him. Okay, fine. But you know for, for the governor to do what he did, like that that just rubs me the wrong way. And you hope that people keep fighting for him. Um, and if he was wrongly wrongly convicted, they're they're able to get him free. And it sounds like there's support for it even in the state. You know, beyond right. you know, beyond the governor. So th there may be ways to help him. It's just 
he may just have to sit in jail longer. And, and, and it's just like, look, if you've ever spent time in jail, right? Like, I mean, and unfortunately I have for different reasons, a couple of them cool, a couple of them not. Um, it's a shitty place. Yeah. Right. And like, I, I've been in a couple decently nice jails. Um, I rather like. <laughs> well, I, there was there was one I was like, this is this is not bad, right? I mean, it was basically like a hospital waiting room, like in the cell. It right. really wasn't bad. Uh, another was was awful. It was you know twenty guys in a in a ten five ten by ten room, you know, just a toilet in the corner, dark, no light, cold, wet. Um, you know, it was just it was terrible. Right. Um, and so you you spend time in those situations, you realize. It's not a place that you want to be not a single minute longer than you have to be. And the idea that this guy has to wait even longer now with, with, the, with the momentum that, that there is behind the idea that he, probably, he might have got a wrongful, uh, he didn't get a fair trial, is just, uh, it, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and the governor really could have, you know, really could have gone a long way to alleviate that. Um, and he took, he, it feels like he took the path of least resistance um, and it, it just, man. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's just an it, awful, awful, tra- right, it's a tra- tragic situation all the way around with some hope that there might right. be, you know. At, at least we're not seeing this uh, happen posthumously. Right. Because it was going to happen. And like I said, after reading what I did, and I didn't mean to say that I think he's innocent so much as it has the elements of the cases that I've yeah. you know, gotten sucked into on podcasts where this guy physically couldn't have done it. Right. Ah, but he's convicted and... Well, right. the state doesn't want to reopen it. And, and I've grown to really not like him because he didn't right. like me because right. we were, you know, falsely yeah. accusing him. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean yes. That, I mean, it, that's it, it though. It, it, that was 100% <laughs> you know? right. Um, and speaking of posthumous and um, actual innocence, um, Muhammad Aziz and Khalil Islam, two men accused of murdering... Um, not accused. Mal- oh, convicted. convicted. Sorry. Convicted of murdering Malcolm X. Um Technically, Malik El Shabazz at the time. Mm-hmm. He's showing off my Malcolm X knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been exonerated. So they've you been. Watch, or you watch the movie, but either way. <laughs> I remember the movie. Um, uh, I did watch the movie. It was pretty good. Um, anyway, so this, these are exonerations. So these are now happening. Um, th- those men were uh, paroled in 1985 and 1987, respectively. So they've mm-hmm. been on parole. For a very long time. Yeah. Parole is nowhere near as bad as prison, but, but it's still yeah. not freedom, and it's still not acknowledging that we got this wrong. Right. So, the, I know the white guy is now talking about the assassination of Malcolm X, yeah, but, but why, I mean, I'm just joking that it's kind of funny that I ran with this topic. Um, so, I was trying to find a way to throw it back to you, basically. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, and this is, this is big. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Malcolm X fan. Right, his his uh, you know his teachings, his speeches. Um, you know, I have a number of his speeches in an audio file, um, and sometimes I listen to them while I'm driving. Right, and I don't necessarily agree with every single point that he made because he he said some things about other races and even about women that aren't uh, ideal. But there there were you know plenty of teachings of his that were spot on, um, not only from a, a, a cultural standpoint, a socio-cultural economic standpoint, but, you know, just from, you know, historically looking into the future, um, some of the things that he said um, have definitely uh, come to fruition. Uh, but, you know, as a, you know, I don't, fan isn't the right word, um, but, you know, as someone who admired Malcolm X, this is, this is important, 
um, because it goes back to the idea that you know the nation of Islam had him assassinated, had him killed because they feared what he was and that he alone was going to outgrow what the nation of Islam had become. Um, and you know it brings back the idea that you know could there have been government involvement with what happened? We know that there was an FBI agent implanted in his group, uh, or um, implanted is that the right word? Embedded. Embedded. Yeah, uh, in his group. Um, and we had never heard, we had never really heard what that FBI agent had to say, especially ab about his murder. So it kind of brings back the idea: was the government involved? Did they uh, uh, conspire with the Nation of Islam to have Mal Malcolm X killed? And you have to just think of the the power that Malcolm X must have been wielding, or the threat, or what they perceived his power and threat level to be, for for them to go through with you know killing him like just in in broad daylight, right. basically. Right. I mean, are there, are, from a forensic standpoint, is there any doubt? Was were there, were there witnesses? I don't know anything about the trials. Well, or... the problem was um, part of the reason why they uh, said, you know, we're this is this is final, um, is because most of the witnesses are dead, and the okay. evidence is gone, with no clear explanation of where oh, okay. or how it left. Right. There's some arguments that well, it was so you know these cases are so old. Uh, NYPD, you know, cleared everything out, and you know they they're you know after a certain amount of time they're able to dispose of evidence, which eh, kind of sorta. Um, and you would think with a case like this that you would hold on to evidence for it for basically ever, um, <clears throat> but you know like so you you can't you don't have witnesses and you don't have the evidence, so you can't retry it, um, and so w what we don't know is you know you'd have to find like records and notes. To figure out if there was, you know, some sort of uh, uh, either ballistic or, or uh, you know, fingerprint or something that maybe had implicated someone else, or or point the you know point the finger or the the arrow in the right direction of, of who might have actually done this. Well, I mean, we've seen so many cases throughout history. JFK being my favorite one to talk about, where the government clearly doesn't want to tell you everything, and. The CIA's role in things like this always makes my, you know, hairs on my neck stand up a bit. Now, this in this case, it probably wouldn't have been CIA. It probably would have been FBI, another Hoover. organization. But yeah, who was pretty well documented to hated Malcolm X, hated hated Martin right. Luther King. Yep. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, I mean, it's it's good to see the men exonerated. Um, sad that. They spent that right. amount of time I mean, in jail. And the they, one guy never got to... Right. I mean, they spent the amount of time in, in prison that they did, and then they spent the rest of that time paroled, um, you know, just under those restrictions. And, you know, will they be due some sort of settlement? Sure. They'll get it. Um, but you don't get those years back. You don't right. get that time. You don't get to see your your kids or your grandkids grow up, or, you know, or if you even had kids. Right. I mean, there's just so much that you miss that cannot be replaced um, it's just, it's sad. And just, unfortunately, like there's, there's cases like this across the country. It feels like every week. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, mean and, this and, is high profile because it's Malcolm X that was killed. Right. You know I mean? But there's, I think I sent you another, there was another one of, of another guy that, that, um, was, uh, was exonerated after spending, you know, like 15, 20 years in prison. Uh, and that goes back to the, this idea of systemic racism, Right. It goes back to the idea that, listen, this criminal justice system was not working for a very specific group of people, you know, underprivileged people of color for decades, right? And 
how we know is that the number of people that are being exonerated for crimes they didn't commit. Right, you know, crimes that there's no possible way because they physically couldn't have been right. where the crime happened, or you know, there's no physical way, or there's no way, you know, the ballistics don't match, the physics don't match. Like, you know, it's just like, well, the person who did this had to be, you know, six foot four and you know, two hundred and fifty pounds, right. and this guy is literally a midget. So, you know, just all these different, you know, cases of of you know, it's injustice, and and you're doing it brick by brick, but you know, we see hundreds of these every year. And you've got, and those are just the ones that someone can get to and someone is willing to listen to, right? Like, so who knows how many people, um, you know, innocent people have, you know, been to prison, died in prison, um, you know, never got exonerated or living with, 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 these, with these black marks on their record forever and impacting their jobs and ability to get education and everything. Um, like, that's, that's the part where our system is completely broken. Yeah, so let me ask this, and I'm, I'm changing gears a bit, but... We agree that the system is completely broken, but the fact that the appeals process is more broken in terms of, I mean, how many cases are there where, yeah, the, we, now that we do DNA, we found out that you never touched that knife, but you were convicted in 85, sorry, start the process, and 12 years later you're getting, yeah. and, and prosecutors are fighting against these things often, and I... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sometimes. Listen, if if a prosecutor firmly believes, like that's the job of the prosecutor, right? Right. Like if, if you take a, if you bring charges, and a case goes to trial, then you you believe that you have the evidence, and so when someone comes back and, and like you've won the case, and someone comes back and says no, you were wrong, yeah, people are going to fight it, right? And that's that's not a surprise, and I, I we really shouldn't be upset about it. Like you know, they their job, if they're charging you, that means they have convinced themselves that you're guilty. The problem is, is that their judgment um, and their reasoning is has proven to be faulty. Right. Well, exactly. When there's, it, it, there's not a lot of people in the world who just go, "I was wrong," and say, "I was wrong." Sorry, you spent twenty years in prison. Probably even tougher. Um, right. But uh, I've seen. Well, because there's, there's, I mean, you know, there's, 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 uh, has an impact on their record, right? Right. You know, and 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 also their their, you know, people all, all of a sudden like people are going to start to look like, well, if you had this case. Then how many other cases like this, you know, happened under your watch, right? Like so, there's there's a lot of reasons why prosecutors fight this, um, that that shouldn't be a surprise. Now, it doesn't make it right. I was gonna say it doesn't say make it surprising. I said right. wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's just like they should. Like if if the evidence is clear to everyone, right? Then and you're just standing on your horse that this person is guilty because you were able to get them proved guilty once, right? And but what you're basically saying is no do-overs, right? Like right. this isn't kickball. The evidence is there. Like you gotta, you gotta let them go. And again, yeah, I'm, that's exactly where I'm going. And um, I'm kind of sorry, I lost my point for a second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to change gears. I totally forgot okay. what to say. All good. Uh, but okay. So anyway, it, those exonerations happened. Um, there's a lot going on in the Second Amendment world right now. The staying in New York. Staying, staying. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah. Right. yeah so, well, I'm good. Yeah. Um, so the Supreme Court is looking at a couple cases, one of them in New York State, and the New York State law is basically being, that's being looked at is basically when granting a pistol permit, should the state be allowed to say you can have a pistol permit, but we're restricting what you can do with it. That's the, the typical uh, way they say it is there's a shall issue and a may issue. And in New York, it's a bit more complicated than that because, so shall issue, may issue means if the state says we did our background checks, we went through the process, you have the right to carry. May issue means we can do all that and still say no. 
New York was not only a May issue state, but they also say, well, we're going to give you your permit. We're, set, we're saying you passed everything, but you can only do it in a lock, you know, when you're doing you, from a right. range or do whatever. Well, what we're saying is like, you, you know, it's hunting and um, target you. You know, if you if you have a reason, right, where you're, you know, you have a re you can reasonably prove that, you know, like you're in a dangerous situation that, sure. that you need this, that you need a gun. And the examples they give is like someone who, you know, delivers cash or picks up cash, um, and they like some other odd okay. sort of restriction, but or I guess it would be an exception. And, you know, what the Supreme Court is, is pushing back, and it looks like they're probably going to rule against the state of New York on this, because what they're saying is, like, well, what if I just live in a bad neighborhood, right? Like, what if I live in a neighborhood where people are, you know, regularly being carjacked or, or robbed, then, um, you know, is that not a reason, right? And if not, then why isn't that an exception that's on here, right? Or if, you know, I'm, I'm a victim of domestic violence or, you know, there's, there's a number a laundry list of reasons why you know people outside of their you know limited exceptions would you know could argue that they need a gun uh and what the supreme court is saying is that basically new york's law is too restrictive and it violates this uh the second amendment uh and i agree with the supreme court on this you know? well we haven't got the if, judgment yet well if assume, it goes that you know way. like if if it goes that way um but it, it seems By the way, i do too and places like western new york where i grew up will be jumping for joy over this and I, it was Cuomo, it was Cuomo who, well, he won't get upset about it in the office now, but uh, he's going to lose his damn mind because he was so proud of what he put in New York called the SAFE Act, which is a really dumb, restrictive gun law that just, it was his attempt to say, look at me, I did something for gun control because I believe he thought it would launch him to a presidential bid. Didn't work out quite so well. Um, but that law is going to be just destroyed, which, again, that's a good thing because that law yeah. is just dumb. All right, but then, I mean, so jumping from that, like, so Ohio has decided that they're going to go uh, the route of Texas, and we have, I think it's uh, Bill or issue two twenty four, um, which is also a major little freeway in, in Youngstown. But um, on t it's issue two twenty four basically says that you don't need a concealed carry permit um, to carry a weapon concealed. Correct. Right. And so, you know, we go from an open carry state to anybody can carry however they want. Um, and then also there's another bill, it's uh, issue 99, where that if a teacher wants to carry, then they have to get a minimum of 20 hours training uh, before they can carry on school premises. Now, the reason why that's controversial is that it drops the, the like, so we had this, we had this, uh, like, loophole for teachers to carry on site. On, on school premises, but they needed like 90 hours of training to do it. Okay. So this issue 99 would, would drop it from the 90 hours down to 20. And that's where people are like, why would we want less training, right? For right. teachers to bring a gun on the school premises. And that one, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't agree with. I'm actually kind of neutral on this, on this other one. I mean, I know the arguments against it. Um, but I mean, I just think that so many people are doing it anyway. It Con conceptually, the idea of teachers carrying in the classroom bothers me there's just so many things that can go wrong i know why they're there but just not even related to a typical school shooting situation um if kids know a teacher has a gun they're gonna try to steal the gun someone will say there's a gun in that drawer or that whatever in some cases if teachers are carrying it on their body they might get jumped over a gun 
Um, and yeah, I mean, and, and it's got to, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like the idea of teachers carrying in schools. You know, I understand about, uh, you know, school shooters, but school shooters are, are, are rare, even though people want to make it seem like they're happening every day. They're not. Um, but that being said, that they've happened enough to where it makes sense to, to figure out a plan how to deal with them. Um, I just, I, you know, I, but I guess if you have a teacher that is willing to spend the time getting right. trained, I, 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 I don't I don't have as much of an issue with it. And I, I completely understand what you're saying about the risk, especially with students that are you know young and hormonal and stupid because all kids are stupid. Right. Um, mine included. Um, they're just they're just dumb little emotional creatures um, that grow into beautiful humans. But, you know, I mean, I, I get those risks. But, I mean, I understand it. And, and there's got to be some sort of uh, in-between, right, right. As, it, as it relates to schools. Um, you know, I mean, like, there's got to be something where the, there's a – I don't know. I, it, I don't know what the answer is. You know, a special sort of lockbox in the teacher's drawer that the you know the kids can't get right. access to. That's you know biometric. You know, you got to use a fingerprint or a thumbprint, something like that. Um, you, you know, I mean, it just seems like that's a lot to go through for for this particular thing. But if you have a teacher that wants to do it, then uh, you know, and, and you feel that it's it's the right move from a safety standpoint. You know, I'm not going to get too upset about it. The uh, the 90 hours of training versus 20 hours of training to me just feels like how big of a barrier do you want to put? Because yeah. a lot of people put in 20 hours. 90 hours is a long damn time to do right. I mean, in addition to your job and right. whatever else. I mean, that's that's essentially but, four days. But, right? but uh, well, or no, th like three. Right, it's no, making me mad though. Either way, it's that many days, but you're not doing it all well, you're straight in a row. 24 hours. Right. right. So, I mean, that's at the very least, if you're doing four and a half hours a day, that's 20 days. Right. And It'd also be important to me, what does that training entail? Because if right. that training is just be a better marksman, well, there's more to this. This is about right. being around kids, de-escalating situations, things like that. Um, and I think, in general, more harm than good comes out of having guns in schools, even if the intentions are good. Yeah, but I mean, I, the, legal, the legal thoughts, I just one thing, just logistically. Right. I, I, and I just, I, I'm not passionate about it one way or another. Um, if they said no guns in schools for teachers, it, I, I'm fine with it. If they said they can carry... Under certain circumstances, right? right? Like under under certain circumstances, you would just hope that that you know the the training aspect is done the, the right way. Uh, but you know, to the bigger issue with people, you know, not needing to get a CCW for uh, to 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 have a weapon. You know, the other part about this is you know there's a lot of people in jail, a lot of black men who do live in bad neighborhoods who for whatever reason can't get their CCW, but because of the danger, maybe it's self inflicted because of their own bad, poor choices, but. You know, they are in dangerous situations, and right. so because they don't, you know, they can't get a CCW permit, they're driving around with concealed weapons anyway. Right. Now, that's not good, but if they're, like, let's say you got a guy who gets out of the drug game and he's trying to do something positive, but, you know, he's still got enemies out there, um, I don't know if that guy should have to be, you know, should have to be you know, defenseless, right. you know, because of his past. Or a criminal if he wants to defend himself. Right, or if he ends up defending himself, or if he just gets pulled over for something innocuous, right? Like you got a sure. cop who decides, oh, you know what, you went a little left to center, I'm going to go ahead and pull you over. You go, oh, look at that, you got a gun in the front seat, get out of the car, and now you've got a weapons charge, and maybe a marijuana charge. Or you, or and, you get shot because there's a gun in your seat. Right, I mean, I mean that but enough. like just playing it out if he doesn't get shot, you know, it's just like, it, that's how... You know, all of a sudden these charges get piled up and people get put in these really awful situations right. and they end up in prison for 5, 10, 15 years, depending on the state. Um, 
and it, it, it it's something that could kind of slow down some of the 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 entry into the the prison pipeline yeah maybe you know um, because less people getting charged with with uh, you know illegal weapon uh possession the only it's, the only thing i gonna say about that is if the laws then burn people like you're talking about because well you have this weapon illegally because you have a previous charge right then that defeats the the possible good from right. this and i mean i mean but i guess to counter that you say all right so for those people who have these previous charges you're you're in a tough situation, but going forward, there should yeah. be less people getting right. those charges you're to right. begin with. So you kind of have to sacrifice those others. Like there's there's no way to to, to do these sort right. of things without, you know, getting the toothpaste back in the tube. Right. Without put you know putting someone in some form of crosshairs. You know, I mean, and, and listen, I also understand this, uh, the really strong argument of hey, we really don't want more guns on the street. Right. Um. I'll I'll listen to it. I understand it. Um. There's just already so many. Like you like you can't you're you're just not going to slow it down, right? Like, I mean, the only way to really slow down the issue with the guns in the street is to just stop making them, right? right? I mean, you stop making them, and then eventually over time, then, you know, it'll it'll slowly begin to work itself out. But, like, you're not... But like, that time just, is 100 years. Well, exactly, right? But, I mean, and here's the other reality. No matter what anybody says about, you know, a Democrat or somebody coming and taking your guns, we got we literally have more guns in this country than we do people, okay? Correct. So they're not, they, they don't have the manpower to go around and take everybody's guns. Who is actually going to do it, right? Like, I mean, like, you can't, like, listen, if these police didn't want to take a, a vaccine, they're not going to go door to door and start trying to take people's guns, right? I also, if I'm a cop, I'll be like, I quit, right? It's not because right. I'm a strong advocate of the Second Amendment. It's just that these motherfuckers, you want me to go in, kick in someone's door, and basically do something that they could argue is unconstitutional, and then tell them to give me their gun? No, I am not doing that. Right. Right? Like, I don't give a fuck about the issue one way or another, but I ain't doing that. So, bye. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. Um, that, I mean, that's been the boogeyman argument. Right. Like, no one's coming to take that's your not guns, mine. I mean, like, not... now no, listen. Democrats have a way of, of going full stupid. Um, and with, with some of the bills that they put out there and some of their suggestions. So I, I wouldn't put it past them to, to you're try. Not wrong. You're not wrong about that. You no, know, I mean, but, I mean, just the reality and the logistics of the I just the mentioned idea. the SAFE Act, which actually passed in New York. Right. So. I mean, like, you, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's not going to happen anytime soon anyway. Um, but at the same time, like, look, I, I, I will totally listen to the idea of do we, don't we want some layer of of protection from you know just everybody having a gun um and i i will absolutely listen to it uh but i i on this issue i probably lean a little bit more towards where where the law is going um even though part of me says man that's kind of irresponsible but i don't know the um well we'll see what the supreme the good news is supreme court has not ruled yet so maybe we can talk about it again next time because we'll see, we'll see what happens Tune uh, in next week. All right. I've been waiting all day to do this to you. Okay. So, if you don't know who, who Elizabeth Holmes is, she is the former CEO and founder of Theranos, a company that was supposed to make a diagnostic system for very uh, rapid, easy testing for a variety of diseases. In concept, a great idea. But it was all on a pile of bullshit. She was a Silicon Valley sweetheart for a very long, for quite a while. And she turned out to be very unscrupulous. She was a sociopath. Okay, and there's that. She is going to take the stand in her trial. As a lawyer, can you think of a worse person to put on the stand than someone like her? 
Let's go with her and Purdy. Like, I, I know she can do it. I'm not surprised she's doing it. But wouldn't that be a lawyer's fucking nightmare to put that lunatic on the stand? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a worse person to put on the stand. <laughs> and I, there's I smoke mean, in the room from his the wheels grinding. I mean, I guess, like... Uh, I don't know. I, I, Someone I don't know who's if there's like any... super, super volatile, maybe. Right, maybe like, like a... Like a um, Alex Jones. I would want Alex Jones yeah. on the stand. Alex Jones, Nick Nolte. Hey, uh, hey, hey. Okay. Leave Nick I mean, Nolte out of this. Um, yeah, I don't I, I definitely would not. It, I, I would strongly advise against this. And this is, the, this is the type of thing where I'm just like, look, you go on the stand, I quit. That, that was going to say, uh, that's your only option though, yeah, right? I mean, it, it's just because, I mean, look, we, we know who and what she is. Um, she's a very good liar. I don't see how the jury would trust anything that comes out of her mouth. Um, it is a terrible idea, but because I think that, I mean, listen, is sociopath the fair, technically correct, or politically correct way, thing to call her? Okay, maybe not, but she is a liar. She is a narcissist, uh, and, and so because of that narcissism, she just thinks that she's going to be able to woo everybody over um, with her, you know, brilliance and her... And her, her looks and her you know, charm her looks and, her, and Yeah. You know... All that stuff. She's and, done it before. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think that you know, like it's a the, little different in the courtroom. Yeah, than it's, it's a lot shop. different when you're being charged with some some pretty hefty crimes here. So, I, I it's a terrible idea. I mean, good luck. I was I was I was waiting to ask that question. Like, no, I mean, I just it's just I because I couldn't figure out why you had it up there, and it's just like, yeah, that's an awful idea. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know who's letting her do it. But I'm sure she just said, "I'm doing it. It doesn't matter." Right. And they're just like, "Well, you're going to lose this case anyway, so why the hell not?" You know? Okay. I mean, I mean, it's silly because I mean, they they know they can't win. They also know that they're getting paid either way. So, you know, if they probably if they already have it, so um, you know, and if not fully paid, I'm sure they got a really large retainer. So it's like, look, bitch, you want to burn yourself? Then pfft, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Do we want to do the town hall story? Ah, uh, no, nah, we gotta go. All right, we gotta go. Thank you for listening. We are at Whiskey Conference. All right, well now we gotta do it because we brought it up. Yeah, you see, you see, so you did that on purpose. No, you did it on purpose. Well, I gave All us. You, an you could have just pointed. Okay. Anyway, so there's a local restaurant, uh, Town Hall. I really like it. Jim doesn't like the food. Um, I don't know. That's his thing. My thing. Got bad food chase. Um, but uh, so there was an incident. They were, you know, speaking. We were talking earlier about. Uh, the whole thing was with Rittenhouse and the and the um, the protests in the summer of 2020, uh, and there were there was an incident at Town Hall that I think that was that summer, right, um, where there were some protesters there, and there was a protester there with a megaphone, and the manager uh, of of this restaurant is very or the owner he's very outspoken and very polarizing, polarizing, <laughs> and he's a big Trump supporter, so everything that was going on, he had a lot of. Uh, you know, input to all that sort of stuff. And, and so people are standing outside his restaurant protesting and wanting his restaurant to go away. And, you know, he was apparently, one of his managers was outside and a woman yelled in his face with a megaphone. So she never touched him, right? I, I think there was a, you know, a, a foot or two between them. And she got an assault charge. Um, and the claim was that the sound waves assaulted uh, the manager and those charges were dropped. And there were, so this, the reason I want to talk about this is this is legitimately a freedom of speech case. If she physically assaulted him and if there's some decibel level that makes it assault, fine. If there's not, she spoke, she should not have been arrested. And we hear all the time, this kind of goes with the Gosar thing, it's not technically speech, but 
freedom of speech is the government can't arrest you for what you say. It's not you can say whatever you want without personal or professional consequences. This sounds like exactly a violation of the First Amendment, which we hear so much and it almost never actually applies. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you kind of have to back into it a little bit, right? Because what he's, it's, he's saying that basically by by her using the the microphone that it somehow injured him. Um, and, you know, thus, thus we get this assault charge. Um, and who knows what she was actually saying, you know? I mean, was it sure. like, was she, phys- was she threatening well, him in some well, sort that, of way? That, then that's a different, that right, is actually a crime. Right, but... Um, assuming she was just saying some sort of, you know, get out of here. You're a sexist. You're a racist. Right, you're, yeah, some sort of chant. Um, you know, what he's trying to do is twist it and say that he is, that she physically assaulted him, when ultimately he's just saying that he didn't like. Right. He didn't like the fact that she was there or why she was there, and using that, uh, you know, using the excuse of he was physically injured to try to silence her First Amendment right. Um, and so, and the reason why that comes into play is because she was arrested, right? And she, right. she was, you know, facing a, 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 a trial. Uh, and so that, those are the sort of things that we have to weed out and you can't let those subtle sort of jabs at people's freedom, um, get manipulated. Right? right. And so this was, this was a good call by the, by the judge on this one. On that note, we are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. We're done.